This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. You've got questions. We've got all the answers when it comes to sex and more. This is the A to Z of sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Every week, we pick a series of topics that you've been wanting to know about. It's an encyclopedia of sex, intimacy, relationships, and so much more than that. Let's get things started. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I've spent the last 30 plus years working with people to help them create and maintain fantastic, hot and healthy sexual and intimate relationships. Today, um, the letter is U, and we've been working through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time each week. We're back to you again, so we're almost around again. And today, U is for understanding. Talking about understanding with me today is Cindy Darnell. She's a New York-based, internationally renowned sexologist and relationships counselor and somatics practitioner. Originally from Australia, her approach to counseling and coaching spans the clinical to the esoteric. Her academic work is published in the Journal of Sex Education, UK, and Sex, Sexual and Relationship Therapy, UK. She holds a board affiliate position for the University of Wisconsin Stout Graduate Certificate in Sex Therapy Program. She's faculty on Pink Therapy's UK Foundation Certificate in Gender, Sexuality, and Relationship Diversity Therapy, and also faculty at New York's Omega Institute. Her online courses meet today's adult sex education needs by bridging the gaps in people's knowledge regarding pleasure, relationships, passion, and desire. As a trusted media source, her wisdom's been published in media outlets globally, including the Washington Post, O, the Oprah Magazine, New York Magazine, Huffington Post, Russell, Vice, Cosmo, Sydney Morning Herald, The Guardian, and Aussie TV series, Lukewarm Sex for ABC. She's spearheading progressive sex and relationship seminars and workshops for adults that deeply change people's lives. These days, she maintains a global consulting practice in New York City and online and offers insight into the quandaries of the erotic to transform fear into freedom. And all of her links will be on the uh podcast notes page. Welcome to the show, Cindy. Thank you. It's really lovely to be here. I appreciate your invitation. My pleasure. So understanding is a great topic um, yes. because we can like talk about just about anything to do with sex. Where should we start? <laughs> um, I, th- I mean, let's, let's talk about even understanding what sex even is because I think, oh, yes. you know, when we talk about sex, we generally have a collective idea that it involves pants off you know and it probably involves erections and it probably involves penises going into holes of some kind mostly vaginas maybe buttholes maybe mouths but usually we tend to default to those kinds of scripts which is fine I mean it's not to say that sex is not that but it's so much more than that and Really, when it comes to understanding, one of the biggest hurdles I see in my work is people default to very narrow definitions of sex, and that causes so much pain. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I'm conscious of is that at the moment I've got a partner that is um, not terribly long distance, but still long distance, <laughs> and in part because we're still in lockdown. Um, and we've been having a lot of sex, and none of it has would have been defined in that way. Yeah, 
right? Exactly. Because exactly. we're not near each other. So, you know. No, not- and that's, and I think the last few months, especially with COVID, where people have, unless you were cohabiting with your partner, a lot of people have been without touch for quite some time, for months. And sex has taken on yet another whole new meaning in the in the era of COVID that, and, and I think, you know, as we look through about the sex historically, it's it's really shifted over uh, each generation. It, it's, it sort of becomes something new as, as more information comes to light about even things like uh, gender and understanding the difference between gender and sex and biological sex and sex acts, like all this stuff that is really, uh, you know, nuanced. We've been talking about that offline before. Um, but I think when people struggle with sex and they struggle with relationships and they come to counselling or therapy or coaching, often it comes down to having expectations that are not being met in the relationship because of their understanding of a thing. You know, I'm a man, so this is what men do. I'm a woman, this is what women do. I'm queer, this is what queer people do. I'm this, you know. And because we have these embedded understandings that we take as truths, so, well, if this is this, then this means this, and I suffer because of this, without realizing that we can flip that story ever so slightly, and it gives us a whole new way of seeing the problem, which eases our pain. Absolutely. And I mean, I was, I'm thinking about a, a couple that I saw today that are um, in deep in argument over um, what their contract is around non-monogamy. Uh-huh. And this really, for me, played into it because the expectation was if I talk to this person and I flirt with them, that means I want to have sex with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That means that ultimately I want to have, in this case, penis and vagina sex. Right. It doesn't mean that I might just want to flirt with words. It doesn't mean that I might just want to kiss this person and mm. stop it there. It ultimately ends up with mm-hmm. something that the man in this case was uncomfortable with. Right. Right. Because, of course, that's what she expects if she wants sex with someone else. Right, right. And without stopping and, and sort of dissecting that implication, you can be talking about this, what you think is the same thing and you've got two different interpretations. And, you know, I often say that, like, if I were to say to you right now, think of a cat. What does your cat look like, Laurie? What kind of right. cat are you thinking of? Okay, so my cat is a Kimrick, which is the long ham version of a Manx which means it has no tail. Oh, wow. Okay. Right? So, so it, you know, it's about, it's a relatively small cat with lots of fur. Uh-huh. Um, and mine is silver gray. This is in my head. This is yeah. the cat I owned. When I yeah. think of a cat, he's who, uh, he's who I think of. Right. And she has no tail. Right. Amazing. And because the cat I was thinking of is the cat who lives upstairs from me that my neighbor just asked me to feed, who is an aggressive, grumpy very handsome, short-haired black cat with a tail. Um, and, <laughs> and that's the thing. I mean, we're talking about a cat, but we have such different interpretations. Mine has this personality attached to it even, you know. And if we don't clarify in a, you know, in a cat context, in the sex context, that's how easy it is for things to get misunderstood. And so, you know, diving into the minutiae of understanding, you know, what, what do you mean when you say blah, blah, blah? It's it's just I think that's where so many relationships go off go off the rails. They they so many problems get caused by misunderstanding what things mean. 
You know, it's interesting to me, too, because I think in my experience, and certainly in my personal experience and in my experience with clients, um, people who are kinky, people who have an alternative relationship structure, like a power dynamic, mm. um, or, and or who are actively non-monogamous and are, are practiced at it, right? Not at the beginning, but when they're practiced at it, their conversations with new partners and with their own partners have many more definitions, Right. Mm. Really common for me to say, okay, you've said no this. What does that mean? I need the detail to make sure that I have I, I can actually completely understand what you're telling me. Yes. And then I can express mine. Yes. Whereas in heteronormative situations, there's almost no conversation and almost no definition. Right. Right. Because it's implied that you know what the rules are, that everybody signs up for the same rules, even though I mean, those rules, are, I guess, are sort of reinforced in society that we, we all mm. sort of know what the rules are, but even then people don't stick to those rules. You yeah. know? And, yeah. and I think a lot of folks will fall into that trap of just following the, the mainstream rules because it doesn't even occur to them that they, that they can negotiate new rules and scripts for themselves. And perhaps what puts people off is that it's a bit more work. I guess. You know. <laughs> I don't think that's <laughs> perhaps. I think it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely more work. You know, one more time, one more time, somebody says to me, "Oh, I don't want to have to work at my relationships," and I say, "I'm sorry." <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? If you want to have a sustained good relationship, you must work at it. The yes. people that don't come in and see me who have sustained good relationships do spend time talking about their relationships. Yes. Yes, you have to. And, I mean, I've said that to my clients as well. If you don't want to have any complicated feelings, go and live on a mountain by yourself. Yes. Like that, that's it. Like you just, you know, it's just life. It's like <laughs> so what we're both, we're both saying is that you, you've got to um, deconstruct your expectations yes. and make sure that you understand what your potential partner or partner is talking about when they say the word sex. Yes. Like, I want to have sex. But even when they say, I want to fuck you, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like some people would say, mm-hmm. well, if they say, I want to fuck you, that we know what that means. No, we don't. Yeah. I want to fuck you can be with fingers. It can yeah. be a toy. It can be yeah. with a penis. It can be with a dildo. Yeah. It can be, yeah. you know, all sorts of things. It can be any yeah. one of three holes or no holes. Exactly. I, I and I think part be in your skin. Yes. Yeah. And it needn't be such a labor intensive thing when you take that kind of stuff and you make that into foreplay you make that into setting a scene and then it becomes then it actually becomes part of the sex because you're defining what it is that you want to do you're establishing consent by having an agreement around this is what we're going to be doing and then this is how it you know it's going to feel and that all parties involved get to go yeah yeah or you know remove parts or add parts on so it it actually ends up being i think a much more uh agreeable situation as long as you can get over the initial awkwardness of talking about sex for the first time because a lot of people find that part difficult. Absolutely. So we're a couple of minutes from break. Um, I remind you guys that you can phone in with questions. Although, as I said, I'm, I'm still waiting for the first phone call on this show and this show's <laughs> been running a year and a half, right? Right. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to be heard on the radio, but I do get a lot of write-ins. So remember that you can email in questions um, we're doing understanding. So ask us about anything you don't understand about sex or relationships. It doesn't matter what the question is. We'll answer it if we can. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we will be back in a couple of minutes after words from our sponsors. And I look forward to hearing from you all then. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of Sex. It's with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And today it is the letter U, and U is for understanding, and I'm with the incredible Cindy Darnell. And before the break, um, where did we get to before the break? We got to, um, it can be difficult to talk about sex. That's one of the places where people have difficulty. So um, that's a hard one. You know, I spend a lot of time helping people learn to talk about sex. Mm, mm. I'm sure you do, too. Mm-hmm. What's your big, big, biggest tip for that one? I think the biggest thing in talking about sex is not so much that it's the sex that freaks us out, although that is part of it. I think the bigger problem is that we are profoundly uncomfortable with the emotions that sex makes us feel. Yep. And until we can start having a relationship with ourselves where we can trust ourselves to hold those big emotions. It makes sex hard. It makes anything hard to talk about, but because sex is so misunderstood and, you know, when you're from marginalized communities on top of that, if the kind of sex that you're into is outside the square, then there's still there's extra layers on top of that. Yep. And then, whether you are kinky or vanilla or any, you know, variation on that too, power dynamics are always in play, even, even among vanilla people who pretend that there's no power dynamics. There's always power dynamics. And if you can't address those head on, they leak out 
and start, you know, causing havoc in your relationship. And that's, I think, you know, one of the things that kinky communities do, you know, better, not exclusively without flaws, but being able to manage the complexity of power dynamics in addition to the complexity of really fat emotions, in addition to the complexity of talking about sex when we don't necessarily have all the language yet. So yep. there's a reason that, that sex is hard to talk about and it's not because it's just the ick factor around bodies. That there's all this other stuff and the, and the terror that if I say the wrong thing, you're not going to love me anymore and that is really scary. Great. So I want to move the conversation because um, we're talking understanding. I want to talk power dynamics in the broad sense in a second, but I want to comment mm-hmm. on that first which is I think that's the thing that I find people are most frightened of, of course, is that if I tell my partner, if I've been with somebody for a long time and I tell them actually what I really like is or what I really want to try is, that may be the end of our relationship. So we find that people find it much easier to talk about sex with people that they've never slept with um, or people that they have no relationship with, Mm -hmm. um, which is why they do things in one-night stands that they don't do sometimes in their long-term relationships because they don't learn. One of the things I always tell people is that if you're kinky, disclose that at the very beginning, like first date. And they're like, first date. I'm like, first date. You, The person you're talking to needs to know it should be on your profile. Mm -hmm. They need to know exactly what they're getting into. Then you don't have to worry about rejection for that. Yes. Right? I agree, 100%. Otherwise, you lead each other down the garden path, you get attached to each other, and then you discover you're sexually incompatible. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awful. And and feeling like you can't – I mean, and this is the thing about the stigma of not being able to say what you like, um, that you, you end up acquiescing and agreeing to doing stuff that you really don't want to do or that bores you or that makes you feel like you're, you know, one foot in and one foot out. And, you know, partners pick up on all of that stuff. You can't hide that. You can't fake that much. You can only stay for the very beginning when the chemicals are high, Yeah. you know, and after that, you're doomed. Mm. And I think that's the, so again, it's like that fear stuff about taking risks. So the fear of writing on your profile, I'm kinky in these ways, um, that, you know, I'm always curious when people are like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't write that on my profile. And I think, okay, so I recognize fear and I'm, I can hold that with you. And tell me, what would be the worst case scenario? Like, what would you envisage would happen if you did write that? What would happen, you know? And sometimes it might be legal stuff. You know, my boss might see it or, you know, my ex-partner might see it and then the kids will be taken away from me, that sort of stuff. And they're legitimate fears. And then there is the other side where it's just, you know, the the awkwardness of having to, to, you know, take up space erotically, take up space sexually and say, this is who I am in the world. And um, I, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to share this with you. I, maybe I feel a bit awkward about it, but I'm, I'm willing to take that risk because it, it'll increase my chances of having a connection with someone who I really want to be with, whether it's in a monogamous context or a non-monogamous context or for a one-night thing or for a you know, lifetime thing. But if you're not able to to at least make those that level of peace with yourself absolutely you it's it's hard to make it with another person yeah no i mean so for me it's been interesting because um earlier in my career i was very quiet about 
stuff like this, partly because of what I was doing, also because I had a young child right. um, and, and um, didn't want him to be exposed online in some way. Right. Um, but um, it's about five years ago, I, I just got to the place where I was like, okay, I'm done. This is me. This is who I am. It's on my website. You know, a lot of clients come to me because they read about what I like and who I am. and They feel like I can understand. But, um, but it's always interesting. People, colleagues will say, like, aren't you worried about having that on there? And I'm like, because what? What's going to yeah. happen? Yeah. What's going to happen? You know? Yeah. Well, you know, um, oh, well, you know, you, the organization that you're part of might not be okay with it. I said, fine, then we can have a, a discrimination lawsuit because this is my sexuality, right? Yeah, really. Like, I, like yeah. you know, like, I, but but it took for me being at a certain place in life. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, And that's definitely and that, the thing, yeah, because not everybody has that level of freedom when no. people are de- dependent on other people financially or Absolutely. they live in an area that's very conservative where, where the risk of disclosing that kind of information could potentially put them in danger. So right. obviously one needs to, to think about this in context. Right, and so you need to actually take a look at the mm. risk and do a proper risk assessment, yeah. which is what I did, right? right? But people often don't think about risk assessments when they're trying to meet partners either. So right. like, I don't want to, you know, I have a client say, I don't want to put my kink on there because people might figure out, but they'll put the town they live in. And I'm yeah. like, well, why don't you just put the nearest big city? Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then you can put more about yourself on there because it, you're not putting your tiny little village <laughs> yeah 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 right and so it's sort of getting around it in different ways making compromises mm-hmm. in some areas to elevate things that you don't really want to compromise in I think that's a really useful um, strategy to, to change the change the location so you can maintain a little more anonymity but it's sort of you have to be willing to have the conversation in the first place. And and a lot of times people are so petrified right. that they're like not even willing to have the conversation. I'm, yeah. I'm amazed at how often people will tell me if I say, well, when do you think you should tell people? Oh, well, once I have a commitment and I'm like, well, what happens if you're not compatible? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Like, do you want to spend that long yeah. getting to know somebody and then finding out you're incompatible? Yeah. Also, yeah, and for the number of people who are willing to compromise their sexuality. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, I guess it depends. If, you know, if we're talking about it through the context of dating profiles specifically, folks getting clearer with themselves about what their motivation is. Why are they there? What are they looking for? Are they, are they looking for, you know, are they looking for a partner for a specific act? Are they looking for a romantic thing that includes strong sexual compatibility because, you know, not those two don't always go together. Um, are they looking to extend community? There's so many reasons I think that people use dating apps, which is beyond looking for someone to go on a date with. People are looking for all kinds of things and that helps within yourself to be clear about what you're, what you're looking for and also what you're offering in that context yep. too. Yep. And again, that's a, that's a deeper level, deeper level of understanding of yourself. Yeah. In, in order to be able to then show what you're going to show mm-hmm. to the world, mm-hmm. um, and the better that you understand yourself, and the better that you understand your emotions, the easier it is to make a decision about well, what is it that I really want to put out there in writing? Yeah. And what is it that I would prefer not to put out there? But I'd prefer to meet a lot of people and 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 then disclose to who the ones I feel comfortable with. Yeah. There are lots of ways to do it. 
Mm-hmm. But I do. We're, okay, so we've got four minutes till break. We're going to start the topic of power dynamics in relationships. We will not finish it before this break. <laughs> um, so one of the things I'm constantly telling my clients is, guess what? Every relationship has power dynamics. Yes. I don't care. And I teach when I teach power exchange or authority transfer, I always start there. I always say, look, you may not think you're in that type of relationship right now. Maybe it's not stated, but tell me who has where the power lies in your relationship. Let's look at it in detail. Mm-hmm. And I presume that's the place you're coming from, is that there's always Yeah, absolutely. Power. It's it's and I, I think because people think power is a dirty word. That it's you know that power power dynamics in relationships are bad and dangerous, and they're only bad and dangerous if you don't acknowledge that they're there. It's like having electricity coursing through your your house that's just setting off sparks everywhere. You don't just let that happen. You're going to burn your house down. The the power is there whether you like it or not. If you contain it and corral it and use it to bring pleasure, then it's wonderful. But if you just let it run its course by itself. You, you really, that's when you get in trouble with it. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, I, I often will tell people to think about um, tr- a traditional relationship mm-hmm. and talk about the power dynamics there. So in a traditional relationship that's a heteronormative relationship where one, the man is out at work and the woman is at home, so completely heteronormative, mm-hmm. who has the power in the relationship? And the responses are always really interesting. Mm-hmm. Culturally, it really depends on what culture you're in, who people yes. has the power. Yeah. In, in, in American culture, frequently, we would say that the man has the power in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. Because he's the one earning the money. Yeah. And money gives you freedom to a degree. Yeah. yeah. But that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend um, uh, from um, Ghana who says that actually... It's really the women who have the power. The men just think they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they're running the household. They're yeah. setting the rules. Yeah. So he may go out and make the money and he may do this and that, but mm. the house runs by their rules. Yeah. 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 And there's, I mean, and then we, it comes down to how, we, how we're looking at power. We're looking at it in a domestic light. We're looking at it in a, in a bigger context, a social light, you know, if a, the power of being able to do as you please and not fear for your life um, in contrast with the power to, to, you know, manage a household, but that you can't go outside of that because you only have power in that very limited context, mm-hmm. not in a broader context. But that's the thing to be even to be able to identify who has power in different contexts. And it, it, it's all about perception. Yep. Yep. So we are just about out of time for this segment. We'll talk more about power and relationships when we come back from this break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. 
Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you ready to live to 100? Join Dr. Joe Casciani and his program that shows us that age is just a number. You can age with fresh and inspiring perspectives, whether it's staying physically fit or keeping mentally fit. With great stories, plenty of advice about successful aging, and brighter outlooks, you just might join those who are living to 100. The Living to 100 Club is broadcast live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time. On the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We're on the pulse of the world with great shows and hosts. The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel is also on Twitter. We've got ideas to keep you healthy, breaking health news, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Voice AM Health. That's at Voice AM Health. is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. This is segment three of You is for Understanding, and I'm with the incredible Cindy Darnell. And before the break, we were talking power in relationships. Um, so what we didn't talk about was explicit power exchange. Mm-hmm. How do you see that as different? I see it as different insofar as you make... You, you make the uh, implicit something that is a tool to create more of whatever it is that you want in the relationship. So if you want more pleasure, you can use it for that. If you want more structure, you can use it for that. If you want more um, understanding, you can use it for that. If you want more freedom, you can use it for that. So taking power and making it explicit helps you take helps you get closer to where you want to go because you're not spending excessive amounts of energy wondering where the edges are wondering where how far you can go before you you know you fall off or before harm is caused to you or another person because you know what you know what the rules are you know what those things are and i mean i often think about it when you think about a small child who's learning for the first time to go exploring away from the parents and that they know that they they can do certain things within the house but they can't do other things so they can um you know they can play with stuff on the floor but they they know that they're not allowed to touch knives for example and that that's a it's a boundary there so they can feel like well i can go to these edges because i know that no harm is going to come to me because the person looking after me has my best interests at heart now even though you're not having a negotiated conversation with a two-year-old the part of us that still exists as a two-year-old in our you know 30 40 50 year old bodies that part really comes alive in sex. That part really comes alive in erotic connection. And mm-hmm. if we pretend that that doesn't exist and if we pretend that that part is not being called to our attention during erotic connection, um, we are in danger of 
of not only kind of creating less desirable erotic dynamics for ourselves, but also causing harm to ourselves and our relationships simply by having a very cavalier attitude to the fact that this exists in the first place. So I think the benefit, to answer your question, of making power dynamics explicit in relationships is giving us more uh, texture and more to play with to actually strengthen relationships rather than reduce them. I think I really completely agree with that. And I love that you bring up that two-year-old Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that I, I think a lot about is that if you've got, um, if you're having good enough parenting um, as a two-year-old, then you will learn that, right? Yes. You will learn that that person who's responsible for you is going to keep you safe and that they yeah. have their best interests, your best interests at heart. Yeah. If, on the other hand, your experience as a two-year-old was that nobody had your best interests at heart, in some ways it becomes even more important to be expressed expressly clear about power in the relationship because right. you don't yeah. have any confidence yes. that there is a safe space yes. anywhere. Yeah. And so you you kind of have to create it from scratch. Mm-hmm. You can't let that side of yourself out mm-hmm. if you learned at that time in your life that it was never safe to move. Mm. And if that's all you've ever known going into adulthood, that movement of any kind, that expression of any kind, is not safe. That is going. That means you're going to really struggle in finding relationships that are satisfying, because you'll never be able to bring multiple parts of yourself to the connection. You will only ever be stuck almost in that fossilized two-year-old state. Yeah. Even though you're you have cognitive advancement, you're thinking like an adult. So that's not to say that you know you haven't progressed at all. But that really visceral emotional part can get stuck at that stage. And no change can happen, and that's 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 just really unsatisfying, and and that can really lead to problems in relationships. And it, and it's hugely sad. And so, mm-hmm. my experience, even if you're not engaging in a power exchange, mm-hmm. it's still important to have the discussion about boundaries and limits, yeah, and who gets to decide what when, yeah, um, because that is what gives you that structure, yeah. Yeah. And people think that control freaks need less structure, not more structure. But usually, in my experience, being one, control freaks prefer <laughs> more structure because it lets us let go of control. Yes. So I am constantly in control because I feel a need to be constantly in control. It's better right. than it needs to be, but, you know, mm-hmm. right? So I'm in relationships with power exchange so that I don't have to be constantly in control. Mm. Because so I hand over to someone and that allows me to not be a control freak although yeah although it's still an effort every day it's a constant decision for me yeah Um, and in in a in a dynamic where that is front of mind in a dynamic where someone understands that part about you and in that exchange where it's a deliberate intentional conscious thing that they know that you struggle that you they also know that this is part of your healing and your fun like it doesn't all have yeah. to be therapy no, it's part of my fun. <laughs> it can be part of your fun it's fun, and, right? yeah. <laughs> and that they know you well enough and you know them well enough that it's almost it reminds me of you know in um, theater classes when you do that trust exercise where everyone's behind you and you fall yeah. back into them and you have to trust that they're going to catch you it's like that you know Absolutely. Um, 
But you can't do that if you haven't talked about it first. No. And I mean, for me, no, no, for me, no sexual relationships happen without a conversation about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in part because I'm in two full-time relationships who need to give permission, although we're poly, give permission for me to do anything else. So uh-huh. that's, the, that's a conversation that has to happen with anybody who's interested in me or mm-hmm. anybody I'm interested in because I don't have the agency to say yes. Okay. And, because I've given that up yeah. and I quite like it. I have no problem with it whatsoever. And yeah, so they yeah. need to understand that I've given it up, that I'm happy to have given it up. Mm-hmm. Some people want to know why I'll explain it if they really want to know. Um, you know, most of the time, the easiest thing to say is it's because it makes me hot as hell. Thanks very much. Right. <laughs> you don't need to Which is a perfectly it. good reason. Pleasure is a perfectly good Absolutely. reason for anything. This is why I do this. You don't have to understand my psychology. You just have to know that having these two people control what I do makes me so hot I don't even have words. And so if you're interested in me, you need to petition them. They'll decide. I don't actually even get a say. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's hot. But it's funny how people react to that. Like some people are totally cool with it. Yeah. No problem. They're like, okay, this is your kink. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a pretty life-defining kink, but yes, this is my kink. Mm-hmm. Other people are like, but but I'm not playing with them. I only want to play with you, and I don't want to play. I'm not asking you to play with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and get really uptight about it, and, 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 and total strangers start worrying if I'm being abused. Right. right. Do I look like I'm being abused? Do I yeah. sound like I'm being abused? No, and that's the thing. And again, I mean, it reminds me of, you know, again, when we're teenagers – um, you know, with your parents kind of giving the okay that you can date that person, that sort of thing. It's, I mean, that structure has existed in humanity since forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet when adults engage in it consensually, people kind of get squidged out by it. But in so many other contexts, we're fine with it. And it says something about our, our discomfort around people really having autonomy around how they express themselves erotically, that, that to engage in a practice that they are doing consensually that is not harming anyone at all is, is still uh, other people feel like they can, that they can pass judgment on that. And it's, 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 it, it just speaks volumes about our discomfort with human sexuality across the board. We still have so, so I know. to go with understanding it. I know, Speaking of I, understanding. Yeah, I know, and I, what I find so sad about that is that is that the bit that people lose, which you mentioned before, is pleasure, right? Yeah. So understanding that we all have a right to pleasure is, is step number one, and often people don't, they have no concept for that. Pleasure is either not on the cards or secondary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but love is more important. I'm like, how do you separate those two things? Explain. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, and that's, I mean, going into that whole love and sex are the same thing is, um, you know, I mean, I think that's a narrative that really gets slammed into women or, you know, girls rather as, as girls are growing up who may or may not become women. Um, but it, 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 that is another one that leads to so many problems that, that love and sex can go together. And, you know, one of my classes where I teach about the distinctions there, I talk about it being like, 
red wine and, and dark chocolate that they can go together and they're very complimentary and delicious <laughs> together but you can enjoy them separately as well and they're still just as satisfying so <laughs> red wine and dark chives it wouldn't red wine wouldn't be it for me it would either be um dessert wine okay <laughs> I, I, I like a good dessert wine rum dessert wine or whiskey and chocolate ah okay Everything Wh- whiskey chocolate. and chocolate that sounds like a good combo whiskey mm. and chocolate is a very good combination <laughs> But it is, again, you know, again, it's this thing of not really understanding, not deconstructing any of it and feeling like it's taboo to do so. We haven't even gotten to the conversation about sex with some people. And it's like, well, I shouldn't even be talking about this. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm always amused at the religious things that people bring up because frequently they don't even know what their own texts say. Right. So it's always really interesting to me. You know, it's like, oh, um, I remember some uh, a woman telling me that, you know, um, in, in the um, Torah and the Talmud, it was you know, sex is only for procreation. And I was like, oh, no, you couldn't be further from the truth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. You know, I said I, I've read them in detail and, and sex is for pleasure. Oh, yes, you're limited to your marital partner. That's uh-huh. true. Okay. Right. Yeah, but okay. you're supposed to have a good time. And in fact, so much so that if the man isn't pleasing the woman, that's a grounds for divorce. Oh, wow. So if he doesn't bring you pleasure and he refuses to do anything to try to change, that's one of the conditions that you can raise for trying to have the marriage dissolved because that's you're so interested. Mm. Yeah, I love that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not doesn't necessarily just because it's a it's a book religion, book related religion doesn't mean that sex is viewed in that kind of very narrow procreative way. I mean, the same is true for the Quran. It's not seen as only for procreation. That's it's usually priests after the fact who reinterpret books that right. we have these issues with. So we are about one minute away from break. When we come back next, we'll continue this conversation. It is the last segment next. So if you did have a question and you wanted to get one in, email at lauribeth at drlauribethbisbee.com or do phone in. You're welcome to do that too. Um, and we will see you when we get back in just a couple of minutes after some words from our sponsors. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Over 20 million people in America struggle with substance use. This impacts both the people who are using and loved ones who are trying to help. Still, there is hope. Tune in to the Beyond Addiction Show with host Josh King. You'll hear from experts and get the real information you need to understand and assist in change. Change can be hard. It doesn't have to be confusing. Tune in every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. 
Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. This week, it is You is for Understanding. I'm on the last segment, and I'm with the amazing Cindy Darnell. And I got a comment come in that I want to read out before we move on. Um, So the comment was, physical violence is fine so long as it's condoned by men. So like in war or sport, sexual freedom is fine so long as it's condoned by men, studs Mm -hmm. or bachelors. Power exchange is fine so long as it's condoned by men, bosses, heteronormative, heteronormativity and earnings, etc. The antiquated Victorian attitudes or taboos around power exchange and BDSM sexual relationships, especially women's autonomy to choose such things for themselves, doesn't serve the patriarchy. And this was written in by a trans man. So mm-hmm. agree. <laughs> I can't disagree with that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I agree with that. I find it fascinating, and I've told this story before, um, a number of years back in Los Angeles, um, there was a huge issue at Leather Pride around um, heterosexual women choosing to serve men, Mm -hmm. or women choosing to serve men. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I'm not heterosexual, but I I am in a relationship with one cis man and one trans man, so Mm -hmm. So I was perceived as being in a relationship with a man. Um, and I was told that I, I can't choose that um, consensually because the patriarchy has brainwashed me into wanting to do that. But I could choose to serve a woman and a woman and a man could choose to serve a woman and a man could choose to serve a man. It was only women who could who didn't have that. Who couldn't choose. That's right. So I yeah. said, so, oh, I really have no agency because of that. You think I've been so brainwashed. I can't make this choice. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if there are still people who who definitely think that way, who to to, to any any choice, any agency that a woman makes that is in any way, shape, or form is um, is still considered to be dangerous. I mean, I remember years and years ago, twenty more than twenty years ago, um, I had been working as a sex worker in various capacities and I had left the professions um, because for various reasons that I don't need to go into. But what happened as a result was that I became quite depressed and I was looking for a therapist for myself um, and to talk about what I was carrying, the sadness of, you know, my, it was effectively a life transition. Mm-hmm. And it was so hard at that time to find a therapist who couldn't, get past the fact that I was depressed because of the work I had been doing and I was saying to them no I'm telling you I'm depressed because I'm not doing that work anymore (laughs) 
And that was partly what inspired me to become a therapist because I thought I wanted to be the kind of therapist I was looking for. These days there are more therapists around like that, but this is going back more than 20 years ago and it was impossible to you find therapists who could talk about that sort of stuff and not think that my depression at the time was caused by this imaginary abuse that actually was not happening and that they could not hear I was saying, no, I'm depressed because I'm not doing the thing I love anymore. Absolutely. I, mean, I had similar experience because I, I, I was very clear that for me, um, my slave identity was not a problem. Right. And I didn't want to be judged on my desires. Yeah. And yes, I knew I still had PTSD. This was 20 years ago. Right. I, yes, I knew I still had PTSD in, as a result of um, sexual violence. But this wasn't that. Yes. And so we were, I, I, I was like, if you go there and try to make this that, mm-hmm. I'm not going to work with you. And no. I, I had such a difficult time finding mm-hmm. anyone who was yeah. willing to accept that that wasn't the issue for me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is part of the reason why I went the direction I did. I was like, I want to help people with trauma. And I specifically want to be able to help people who have alternative sexualities to see somebody who isn't going to judge them for that and yes. insist that that's the pathology. Yes, yes. And while it's changed a lot now, there are still very many therapists, unfortunately, yes. who would still look at where you were and say, oh, well, no, it can't possibly be because you yeah. can't work. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And would still say the same thing to me. They'd take one look at my relationship structure and tell me that's what was wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sad. And this is why, I mean, I think, you know, for people listening to understand that you know shop around when you're looking for a therapist or a counselor or whatever whatever kind of person you're looking for shop around because those people do exist who get you who will be you know on your side and who will not try and put you in a you know put you in a cage to to make you feel worse about the thing that that ultimately is going to be your pathway to freedom in some fashion as you work through whatever pain and and trauma you're carrying it, that it's it's work with a bull yes and and i like the phrase pathway to freedom because i do think that that is really important that's an aspect that people often don't understand mm-hmm. that when you can sort your relationships out mm-hmm. when you can find the pleasure inside you and then find it with another person mm-hmm. and nurture it that that mm-hmm. often gives people greater freedom than almost anything else yeah for sure for sure. So um, what else do we want to make sure people understand? We don't have that much more time, but I'm sure there's something we want to make sure people get. <laughs> well, we just said how important pleasure is. Can you, because you do some amazing stuff online. You have some amazing courses that are actually really accessible. Um, yeah. And your pleasure program, um, at the moment, there's still a free pleasure program and I'm now told we're four minutes to close, so I know. But I'm still there's still a free pleasure program, and I seriously would recommend people do this because even if you think that everything's okay, you can still find more. And yeah, it, it's just lovely and accessible. Can you talk a little bit about why you chose to do that? And yeah, was? so it's on my website, cindydarnell.com, and um, the the it's a free program called the Pleasure Program, and I made it initially in response to the COVID lockdown because so many people, when the COVID thing hit earlier this year, um, 
you know, people were losing their jobs, losing their um, connections to community, um, and all kinds of stuff was flying around. And so I compiled, it's a 22-day program um, in written modules. There's a couple of videos, but it's mostly a, a reading and, and reflecting course. Um, and people can comment as they go through or not. Um, but it's really a way, and I called it the pleasure program because there, there are different parts to it. So there's you know, a strong emphasis on understanding emotions, a strong emphasis on understanding sexuality in a very broad sense, uh, a strong emphasis on understanding pleasure and why pleasure matters, which is one of my you know, war cries that I, I make across everything. So it, I take pleasure in a very broad sense and I wanted to give people an introduction into, into some of the things that I value, some of the things that I talk about that I think is super important and, and allowing people to take the time while, especially while they're stuck at home, um, to work on giving themselves permission to engage with pleasure through a cognitive lens, through an emotional lens, through a somatic lens, so somatic means body lens, um, and through an erotic lens. And so the pleasure program covers all of those components in lots of different contexts. And it just is an invitation to start thinking more broadly about how pleasure works in our lives. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And we're actually two minutes from close, so I'm going to thank you for being here. I'm going to encourage people to go over and not only check that out, but check the whole website out. There's so much good stuff there. Thank um, you. So that's cindydarnell.com, and the link will be in the podcast notes. Um, and next week, we are at the letter V, um, and if you've got suggestions or questions, you know where to go. Email me at lauribeth at drlauribethbisbee.com, comments as well. I look forward to hearing those. If there's someone you want to see on the show, you need to let me know. I'm really happy to invite people, but you need to let me know. Um, and now is the time, if you've been thinking about working with me, now's the time to do it. Head over to bit.ly forward slash 30 minutes, Dr. Lori Beth. And so it's the number 30, um, capital D, capital L, and capital B. And you can grab 30 minutes free with me and we can talk about how you can increase your pleasure and increase the positives in your relationships. And I will see you all next week. Have a great one. That's it for me. We hope you learned something today, but if you have more questions, go ahead and email them to Lori Beth at drlauribethbisbee.com. Then be here next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of the A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee on Voice America Health and Wellness. See you next week.